0: Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick continues session four of the four-part Guidelines for a Happy Home series This series is intended to strengthen the home to experience all that God has designed it to be. In it, you will discover how to establish a proper foundation, the power of commitment, and the importance of a favorable atmosphere that results in victorious living that in turn empowers us to live in victory in our everyday lives. This is a must for all Christian couples that desire their home to be a little heaven on earth. This series was taught at the Church on the Rock in Berea, Kentucky. On the last broadcast... Brother Rick concluded Session 3 by bringing us four of six things we need to know about unity. Then he introduced us to Session 4, entitled The Victory of the Home, by reading his text taken from 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 8. On this broadcast, Brother Rick refers to his text to teach us the four things that David knew based on his life experience. Then he'll bring us four observations about why David found himself in this position in his life. And now... Here's Brother Rick.
1: Let's pray. Father, today, Lord, as we bring this teaching to a close on the guidelines for a happy home, Lord, we realize that each one of these lessons are essential for us to carry out the reason for which you instituted the home. God, we need to understand the pillars of trust and honor. God, we truly need to understand commitment and how important it is. And Lord, even as we've just recently taught, Lord, in the last lesson, we need to understand the relationship with love, and how that we need to strengthen one another in submission and carry out the roles that you've called us to and that our home should stand for the reason in which you have designed it. But Lord, we're human. And you said in your word, Lord, that you realize we are but dust. And because of our human frailties, Lord, and the human factor, we make mistakes. And because you're a redeemer, you redeem them. And today, Lord, help us as we close out this teaching to experience the redemption available for us that we can, without question, recover all. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone in agreement together said, Now, how many of you know that we're going to face fights in our marriages? The problem is not that we're going to have disagreements or tests or problems. Our problem is we usually fight the wrong people. (laughs) We fight one another. We struggle with one another. We turn on one another. How many of you understand that that can cause you to go down in defeat? The purpose is that we need the test. You know, so many times God allows things to come to our life that test us. I want to be delivered from every test. Do you? I don't want to be delivered through any of them. You know, one scripture that bothers me says offenses must come. I said, why? I'm not ordering any. I don't need them. Or at least I don't think I do. But how many understand that God allows times of testing in our life because only the test can bring the testimony. Only the battle can bring a victory. You know, I was recently looking at that word test and it actually means the payment you receive from the test it's, it's that same root word for alimony you know that's the money you get from al you know there is payment that comes for whatever you go through and and unfortunately there's so many times when we can't learn what we need to learn for life unless we learn it through difficult times because how many of you, he tried to teach you a lesson or two, but you didn't get it until he got you down. <laughs> okay, now I see what you're saying. Sometimes we need that test in order to have that payment, that compensation. And what I want to talk about today is, The process of David's life. You know when we look at these biblical characters sometimes they seem bigger than life. I'm preaching in the morning on Abraham offering Isaac and, and as I was studying that out you know you just read that as if that was something easy and he's got a knife back with tears flowing off his chin trying to obey what God has said. These were men the Bible says, of like passion, like we are. They had their difficulties. You know, somebody asked me one time, wouldn't you have loved to live in the biblical days? I said, I'd have loved to have seen Jesus up close and personal and him working miracles, but I'm afraid he might have wrote my history like he did some of these fellas. No, thank you. I'd rather keep mine hid. I wouldn't want to be... Rick. Rick got out of the boat, dash, gargled, salt water. You know, I don't want to have that written about me thank you very much I'll let Peter carry that one David's life with all of his victories and with all of his defeats are thrown right out in it for us to examine but I'm glad they are because we need them we need them we need them you know if I'd have been writing the Bible I'd have left some of this stuff out wouldn't you? but boy if I'd have been left out what would we have done when we fell we would have thought it was all over and it's not See, there's some things you need to know about David. Let's look at them. I'm going to give you a few of these. Number one, David knew what it was to be a winner. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, David is selected out of all the sons of Jesse to be the leader of Israel. And did you know that it wasn't an oversight he was with the sheep? Did you know that if you'll study the life of David, you'll find out that David's mother is not listed in the Bible. The Bible tells us he was not invited to the coronation of the new king. History tells us why. Did you know that David was a half-breed? Did you know David was not a full Jew? Did you know David's mother was a Polynesian woman? The daughter of Nahash, her name was Naviv. The name meant snake. Do you realize that David was born out of wedlock? He was a red-headed Jew. How many red-headed Jews do you know? So they told him, stay down there in the back 40 and don't bring a redhead up here. Samuel's coming to town. And they line up all the boys and they sanctify them all and they walk before him, and as they walk before him, all of a sudden, here's Eliab, black-headed, black-eyed, a real Jew to the bone. That ain't him. <laughs> a bit of that. Then the next, then the next. And then he goes through all of them. And then he says, is these all your sons? And everybody's face turned red because there is one. Snake's boy. He's down in the back 40. We was hoping his name wouldn't surface. But isn't it good? (laughs) They got to come down to the back 40 and take you that don't qualify. Make you a winner. Here he comes in with his red hair shining. (laughs) To make bad matters worse, Samuel oils it up with five quarts of oil. Looks like a new penny. He's got sheep dung all over him. Everybody else dressed in their Sunday best, but God approves, makes him a winner. How many of you can identify? You were Snake's boy in the back forty. Nobody wanted you. He come looking for you. You didn't find him. He found you. You didn't choose him. He chose you. Made you that didn't qualify a winner. Takes him from the sheepfold to shepherd Israel. He knows what it is to win. Here's another thing about David. You got to know he knows what it is to worship. (laughs) David was a worshiper at heart. He worshipped in the back 40 when it was just him and the sheep. He had experienced the presence of God alone. God even says, he's a man after my own heart in 1 Samuel 13, 14. He loves me. He's in search of my heart. Boy, how many of you know that if we're... Go hard after God. He'll bring us out of the hidden places of our life. David knew what it was to worship. He knew what it was to win. David knew what it was to worship in public. He was not just a private worshiper. His worship was so strong that you see him even in his worship times. Devils are fleeing from people around him like Saul. Boy, I believe that's way our life ought to be. I think when we walk in a place, even in church, when we go into corporate worship, do you realize that demons are leaving other people around you while you're worshiping? They begin to be able to be open to the Spirit of God. That's why we need to worship together. David knew what it was to worship. With such a pure worship, the enemy couldn't even bother Saul in the room as long as David was in worship. I'm talking about a man that knew God, <laughs> He knew what it was to win when nobody would accept him and he was hidden in the back 40. He knew what it was to win by the hand of God. He knew what it was to worship the face of God. We ain't talking about an average Joe here. (laughs) He's a powerful man of God. He knew what it was to war. David knew what it was to kill a bear and a lion when there was nobody there to applaud. Because the presence of the Lord came on him. He also knew what it was to see the women of the town dance and say, Saul's killed his thousands, but David, his tens of thousands. He was a warrior in private, and it became a warrior in public. He knew what it was to win. He knew what it was to worship. He knew what it was to war. But that ain't where the problem was. David knew what it was to whine. Any of you ever been whining saints? Ain't nobody had it like I've had it. Boy, you read the first statement about Ziglag in 1 Samuel chapter 27. David says, surely Saul's going to overtake me. Is that what God had told him? Saul's going to overtake you? Uh-uh. See, he just had one of them reflective, idiotic moments. We've all had them. When we talk ourselves out of what God said is going to happen. So David, he said, I'm going to lose this thing. And you know what he does As he has this reasoning time with himself and God ain't nowhere around. David's just so caught up in self-pity, so caught up in what he's went through. He's whining. See, when we just read about him being, you know, the winner and the worshiper and the warrior, we, we lose sight with him. But how many of you can identify about whining? You whined a little. In fact, for the rest of you, how many of you whined a lot? Okay, I just won't see the level of whining, see? (laughs) When you start whining, when you start looking inward instead of outward, when you start taking your reasoning against his word, your life's going to go down to two. And it's that day that they give him Ziklag as a city for his men. It's that day that he allies himself with the enemy of Israel, the Philistines. David's now finding himself on one hill looking over at Jonathan and Saul on the other. He's fighting on the wrong side. Talking himself totally out of the plan of God for his life. Where does that result? It results in our text today. This is where David is at this time in his life. Boy, he don't look like the winner anymore. He don't look like the worshiper anymore. He don't look like the warrior anymore. He's fighting the wrong battles on the wrong side with the wrong people for the wrong reason. Because he don't believe the word of God is going to happen anymore. And we get a chance to see him in the fifth row of his life where he learns to be the waiter. Waiting on God. Why? Because he can't redeem what he's lost by his own foolish decisions. And boy, many of us and many of our homes are in the same shape. We can't redeem what we've lost by foolish decisions. Where does this problem really begin? I believe the secret's found in verse 5 of this chapter that I read. Because David had two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, See, she represented the miracle time in David's life. <clears throat> Jezreel was the valley where he won his battles under the power of God, not by human reason. He wasn't there in his own strength. God had guided a rock and killed Goliath. God had given him favor. He knew the spirit of God. He knew the power of God. And Ahinoam represented that. But the problem was he didn't protect Power of God, or the presence of God, or the Spirit of God. And now it was whisked away.
0: Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.